Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Let's get into the Q&A. What do you say, Yoshi? Let's do it. We just had a good rundown of the shows we did this past weekend and letting people know that they can book us as we are professional working comedians but the people listening to the podcast they missed that part because they didn't attend the live stream so yeah. every tuesday at 5 p.m we're Boom. live on our youtube channel and facebook group so definitely join Boom. us over there Boom. but in the meantime in it's time, time to get into the questions Let's as this go, is our baby. weekly live q a here so let's get into it. And we have a hot brethren that's going to join us because last week we were talking about producing your own shows and marketing them. And this guy reached out. He's always on the live streams and he was like, hey, I got some good insights from me producing my own show that we're going to get him on here in a few. But yeah. let's get to some of your questions first, which is number one. I'm seeing here is from our Facebook group, Zeb Ballantyne. Those of you that listen to these Q&As regularly, recognize that name. He's always in here. We appreciate you, Zeb. Zeb says, I have found that some jokes work in front of a normal audience, but can fall flat at an open mic and vice versa. Have you experienced this? How can I discern if a joke is ready and good for a paid audience when I'm trying it out at an open mic? Ooh. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. You know, I I I would say this. Um really when it comes to jokes, it's truly around testing it out in front of different types of audiences. And if things are working in front of paid audiences, and not working in front of an open mic, I would keep it. Uh, now, if they're working like not hitting at a 50% rate at a paid show or like a showcase show, then I would decide, hey, maybe let's not do that joke as much. And the reason I say that is an open mic, depending on who the audience is, audience mm -hmm. is isn't always the best gauge of whether a joke is going to work or not mm -hmm. because it might just be comedians that are there. And if it's just comedians, not that they're not real, but it's not a real audience that usually would be at your show or at a showcase show. So use an open mic to test out your material, but don't think it's the only gauge of whether that joke is going to work or not. That's the showcase show. That's like you want to get it in front of people that are not just comedians because they've got a different gauge of what's going to work or not. So that's that's the best thing I can tell you. I don't have like a hard and fast rule. I would say if it's working more than 50% of the time anywhere, open mic or showcase, I'll keep it. If it's bombing where it's like I've tried it maybe three or four times and it's not hitting at that kind of rate that I want, then I'll shelve the joke and then maybe come back to it when I can work on it and make it better. 
Yeah, this is part of joke development that everyone goes through at every level in the comedy game. You know, I mean, I've I've literally done a show where at 7 p.m., everything murdered. It was one of those shows where it's like, oh, I'm him. I'm the one. You know, of course. The next show, 9 p.m., same venue, just a different mm. audience, exact same mm. set. Mm. Bombed mm. heroically. Like, the mm. the kind of bomb where you're like, mm, maybe I should go back to Enterprise Rent-A-Car. This may not yeah. be a move. And it was yep. the exact same set. And I just didn't know. I was too young to know how to pivot and, like, you know, react and all that. So I was too young to really learn how to adapt to that situation. But just that saying that to say, some nights a joke will work and sometimes it won't. But it is a law of averages and there's no hard and fast rule of, okay, try a joke 10 times and if it never works, get rid of it. Or It's kind of personal preference, you know. But yep. definitely the normal audience is going to be your your better gauge. But those terrible open mics where it's 20 comedians and you're all just waiting to go up and perform for three minutes, that's just part of the comedy grind. And any stage time is better than no stage time, especially for the first several years of your career. So, yeah, those open mics are just part of the grind. And normal audience is going to be your better gauge, but you can still get good feedback on an open mic. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and really try to use the open mic as a way just to get the words out. <laughs> like go in with a plan at what you want to do at an open mic and execute that plan to say, this is the joke that I want to say and feel how that joke feels in your body. And I think that's the best gauge. And you'll know whether it felt okay. Even if you didn't get laughs, I, I, it just when you say the joke, it just feels different in your body, whether it's going to work or whether it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the practice that you've got to go through. And then there's times when, you know, uh, you know, I've heard people say, you know, if I can make other comedians laugh, I can, you know, really, I think the joke is going to work. That doesn't always work. Um I, and, and the reason I warn you against that is that there are comedians who can do subservive, subservive, what, I don't know what that word is, but they'll do jokes really for the back of the room. Subversive. Where they know, subversive, where they'll do jokes that they know the comedians will laugh at. And then you'll see that joke in front of a real audience. And it just doesn't work because I was a different audience. So just be careful about trying to play to the back of the room which is where all the comedians hang out and know that the audience and the people that you eventually want to laugh are patrons, people that are going out for a good time and not always other comedians. Indeed. 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 So hope that helps there Zeb and to anyone else that's out there doing grinding out at the open mics. That's all, all part of it, but any stage time, yeah, I, that's it. something I I remember seeing some. I remember get seeing it. some cool kids back in the day. Some of the cool kids coming to some of the the grimy spots, walking in and leaving. But that's <laughs> yeah, just saying it out loud, like in front of a room of literally 
Dude, I remember doing a show. I remember there was a comedian show. All right, let's. This <laughs> let's, was a support group. Let's, let's pull back a little bit. Let's. He was this comedian. <laughs> he was a uh, he was a bartender at this club, like at this restaurant downtown. Yeah. And it was at, in the afternoon. He was like, "Oh, I'll um, let's do an open mic in like the middle of the afternoon," and literally there, were, literally no one there but four <laughs> comics. And we're just standing in this restaurant, just telling our jokes in like one of those little PA systems. It was basically like a Mr. Microphone. And we're each just standing, taking turns, standing with the window to downtown Atlanta behind us with like homeless people heckling us. And we're just doing our jokes. And I remember asking, I was like, how much time, how much time should I do? And he's like, do whatever you want, man. And I was like, oh man. I remember doing like 20 minutes and being like, oh, yeah, I just did 20 minutes, fam. I remember being jazzed. I did 20 minutes in front of four comedians. But any of just standing up there, like yeah. if anything, you're developing stage presence and just that Teflon that you're going to yep. need that we referenced before the podcast started. For those of you that missed the live stream, you missed us talking about how you build that Teflon strength on yeah. stage that resilience but um yeah so all all stage time kiddos all stage time anywhere in front of anyone i'm a big believer in that uh the next question here from holly mcmullen i can only get to three open mics a week because of child care is it better to rotate around town which mics i hit or try to hit the same ones consistently so those people see me more. Also, how do I communicate that I'm very serious about my craft to other comics when I'm not out as much as I'd like to be? Well, I would say first, don't worry about other comics. Mm. You do you. Do what you, the baby. comics think and say is out of your control. All you can control is getting on stage as much as humanly possible. So don't worry about proving yourself to other comics. It's it's a waste of time. It's like, just focus on getting as good as possible and all your attention and opportunities will come from that. Um, yeah. that's the reality of that situation that took me about eight years to learn. So <laughs> happy to help you out there early on in your career there, Holly. Um, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> Spent year. Why am I not on the cool flyer? Why don't I get on the the cool show? Why didn't this booker reply? There's a oh there's a conspiracy against Joel conspiracy. getting on the cool shows. <laughs> Everyone, no. everybody hates Joel. Everyone, that's the first seven or eight years of my career, right there. <laughs> Yeah, but this, you know, in the meantime, yeah. I'm doing strip clubs and nightclubs and <laughs> the, the highlights, the doing goodies, yo, grinding. Goodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, the big, one of the biggest things in comedy is control the things that you can control, and the yeah. only thing you can control is your stage time, you being funny, and you working on the craft. All that other stuff, you ain't got no control over none of that stuff. Uh, but it's 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 a worthwhile effort just to make sure that you are doing the things that you can control as much as possible, which is stage time, getting up as much as you can. The other thing is reaching out to bookers 
And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with reaching out to bookers, sending them a tape, asking for feedback, uh, reaching out to people who run shows, sending them tape, asking them for feedback. Um, really, I, I think one of the things that I always forget that took me a while to learn is that the other side of comedy is the business side of comedy, the networking side of comedy, the comedy part where you have to network, where you get gigs from other comedians, where you are work in the room even if you're not on stage and i'm not saying that this is like the fancy part but this is just a part of being a good comedian is that people also want to work with other people that they just enjoy being around um mm -hmm. the funny is almost like the baseline <laughs> you just gotta be a good nice person and people will want to work with you so yeah don't worry about the things you can't control you can't control people putting you up on stage. You can't control people um, saying that you're funny. None of that. Just work on that craft. But it sounds like she's getting up. She can get like three open mics a week, which is great. Yeah. Yep. Um, and balancing that with family. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, Solid. So, I mean, her question about should she rotate around town the mics she hits or try yes. to get the same ones consistently so people see me more? Yeah, I rotate. Yeah. I think I think it's important to do uh, when you can get up, if you're able to, if you've got the capability to do different types of clubs so you feel how it feels to work in a different type of room. When you work a certain type of room, you're going to get comfortable in that room. Yeah. Comedy truly is about being uncomfortable a lot, yeah. <laughs> right? Working, you know, not... I wouldn't suggest anyone go work at a strip club to do comedy, but if you have to, <laughs> it'll, it'll teach you a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things that because the opportunity isn't always there, you'd be like, all right, I guess they're going to pay me. They're going to, they're going to let me get up. So let me just get time. Um, yeah. Try to work as many different types of room as possible because it'll teach you how to, how to understand audiences and figure out, really how your material hits different types of audiences. So I think it's important to try to do as many different things. A comedian once told me that the way that he really like sort of truly got good from his longer sets is that he just started traveling, started traveling to mm -hmm. other cities, started getting, you know, uh, gigs in other cities. And there'll be a lot of bookers that'll tell you that's how a lot of comedians eat is just by performing outside of their home city. Your home city is may not be the city that's going to give you all the work. You'll be surprised. It's, me and Joel get a lot of work outside of the city that we live in. And we're completely okay with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not getting a lot of work in Atlanta. When I do, I'll take it. But I get a lot of gigs outside of Atlanta because I don't mind doing it. Yeah, and it's wherever you can get up as well. So if if it's you getting up at a show you've done a lot because it's more convenient to your home versus going to another show for variety, like go with the show you're going to actually perform on. It's kind of like the best workout routine is the one you actually do. So you can blue sky it as, oh, I want to mix it up and do different ones every week. But if your schedule and balancing with family only allows you to 
do the shows you've done several times, yeah. those are still better than nothing. And those are still Absolutely. worthwhile to get out and get on stage and just get consistent with stage time. Most important. Number one, Boom. stage time anywhere and anywhere. That's a big theme today. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, that has been the number one piece of advice on all the interviews on this podcast. The number one by a long shot has been, you've got to get on stage. So wherever in front of whoever get on that stage, get on it, get on it. Right. Let's get to the next question here. Boom. And we'll bring dubs on here in a second to talk about his show and his marketing that he wanted to bring up. We have Andrew Gleason. Is it worth it to pursue corporate gigs as an alternative comedian? I get plenty of gigs elsewhere, even as the weird dude of my scene, but I'm trying to get paid more than 150 bucks every couple of weeks. I want above ground pool money. <laughs> LOL. Jeez, oh, we got a one percenter in here. We got a one percenter. Uh, yeah, I mean simple answer is yes try to get the corporate gig if you are able to get it but just know that the corporate gig is where a lot of people want to eat and the corporate gig has a lot of rules and regulations around it corporate gigs have a lot of restrictions on the type of material that you can tell there's mm -hmm. no politics there's no sex there's no race like you can't say a lot of stuff at corporate gigs because they have a different kind of standard. So just know that, you know, you, I think you got to be honest around your material to know whether you're, can you say this in front of a bunch of executives at Home Depot? Or would that not fly from your material? Imagine an HR person being at your gig. Would you say all these things? And that's how you got to think about corporate gigs is that they're not they're not just going to take anything that they hear at the comedy club. The comedy club is set up for a comedy club atmosphere. Corporate gigs don't have the same rule sets as a comedy club. So just know that corporate has a different type of mindset and what different type of material um, in their environment. Yeah, they're definitely worth pursuing, but it is a very yeah, it's. I, I won't reiterate what Yoshi said, but yeah, yeah, people like corporate gigs for the pay, but the shows aren't always the best or the most fun. Like, yeah, they're looking for a lot of safe comedy. Not to say, not, I mean, not to say you can't get booked doing alternative and weird comedy and stuff. You know, someone may see you at a show and be like, oh, I love that. I want to see that at my corporate event, my company holiday party. And then, boom, you're in that way. Like, a lot of corporate stuff I've booked has been someone saw me in the audience, liked what I did, thought yep. it would fit with their company culture and all that, and then I got booked that way. Or a friend referred me or something just because I was reliable and clean. But every corporate gig is going to be different. Every expectation is going to be different. But overall, corporate gigs are looking for, like, let's just, you know, let's just get on base. Let's just... You're part of a bigger event that we're having here. 
you're something to entertain people as they're at the buffet sometimes is even what a corporate gig is. You know, we'll pay you three grand to be an ornament on the Christmas tree while, you know, we're eating dinner. So they're kind of a lot of times just looking for something that's just safe and something that they won't get fired for hiring you. Like their job is on the line when they're hiring you. So they're looking for things that, okay, this isn't going to embarrass me. This isn't going to make anything uncomfortable. This is going to be an addition to our corporate event that we won't regret. But you do you boo. Like I'm, yeah, I'm not saying don't pursue corporate, go for it. I'm, we're just kind of giving you the perspective of us doing a bunch of corporate gigs. What, what they're mostly looking for. Yes. Speaking of, if anyone is listening to this and you work at a company that's doing a holiday party or another event that you're looking for some good, reliable comedy, Yoshi and I are very available to do that. Very safe. Very clean. Yes. (laughs) So hit us up in the DMs or social media. Hit us up on Facebook. Let's talk. You never know. Even just get even just getting the conversation going. Some yeah. corporate gigs are like, hey, we'd like to have you out sometime and it's three years later, you know, but just creating that connection now is something that can pay off later. So definitely hit us up. Don't hesitate. Boom. Boom. Bow. Great question there though. That just made me think of like Andy Kaufman doing a corporate gig or something. <laughs> just how funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a question here from uh, Bobby Sutton, Joel and Yoshi, and um, Dubs is calling in. We'll have Dubs on here in just a minute. Um, Joel and Yoshi, y'all have both been on my show. Why haven't y'all wanted a woman's perspective of running a show? Just curious, as a woman. Mm. Well, we can't volunteer Ooh. that information. We can only give our perspective. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we'd had Ava on the show and she gave a perspective on running a show as a producer. So I feel like we have had people on the show who mm-hmm. have run shows um, before. Ava's show got yeah. picked up by JFL. No big deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think our perspective is just simply that. We run shows together. We run shows separately. Joe's been running shows for a long time. I probably run a little bit more shows now than Joel has because I truly like am into producing a lot of shows. So we yeah. just have a lot of different types of perspectives on it. But I think it's just because of sheer number because we produce a lot of shows and they're done in a different kind of way all the time. So we're always learning, which is why we're always sharing our own perspective on it. It's not that we don't not have a woman's perspective. I just can't speak to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we embrace all points of view. All points. He, she's, they's, them's. them's. We, we accept everyone here at the Hot Breath Verse. That's the whole mm-hmm. spirit. Um, Oblong Services, have you heard that quite a lot of successful comedians have symptoms of schizophrenia? It's very possible. I mean. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> Mental illness and comedy can go hand in hand. It's very possible. Um, but Jared, speaking of Jared, mental illness, Jared Freed's new comedy special is so good, dude. Thirty-seven. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's like thirty-seven and something. 
but is the latest one on Netflix. Pretty solid. I have heard of it. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's nice. Pretty I solid. Yeah, pretty solid. He remind he the way I think of him is he reminds me of a of a male version of Taylor Tomlinson. That's what I. Oh, yeah, just that's fun. Yeah, 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 super fun. Good to check it out. Have you watched Joe List's special yet? I have not yet. I have not watched Joe List. I watched Ari's special, but I haven't watched Joe's. Joe's oh, Ari just came out with a new one. Ari came out with one a couple of months the ago. Jew, Jew? Yeah. Is it called yeah. Jew? Okay, I did watch that one. That one was good. Yeah, it was good. That was like I don't an watch hour as many. 15, an hour yeah. 20. Oh, Ar- Ari's <laughs> legit. Like, yeah, he's Ari's a troll legit. and all this. And <laughs> debatable yeah, decisions. He's, yeah. he's, he's bona fide. Bona fide. He's a killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a very funny special. Yeah, yeah, he's always he always kills. Um, what do you think? Should we get this uh, uh hot brethren in here? Should we get let's go? Should we get Dubs in here and see what's goody in the hoodie? Welcome. Let's go. Oh, look how cool he looks. Is he frozen? Oh, there he is. Is he frozen? See on that. I should be good. What's happening? Yeah. What's up, Dubs? What's up? Can y'all hear me? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going? What's going, on? It's going great. Look, I got me a microphone too. <laughs> <laughs> is it plugged in? It sounds like you're on Boost Mobile microphone right now. Now you're on I, I am on Boost Mobile, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> Yo, thanks for reaching well, out, man, well, and always being here. Absolutely, man. This is um this is a great platform. Um, when I first started comedy, I was looking for something like this to help um, learn about whether like booking shows or um writing writing jokes and one of the first things that popped up was was hot breath let's go let the uh let the hot breath verse know uh like where you're based what your experience level is and uh what's goody so i've been uh doing comedy five years um i'm in based out of uh orlando well no tampa florida i live in the country but when I say the area, people are like, where? So I always <laughs> say Tampa or Orlando. Um, uh, I used to, I started comedy in Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, moved to San Antonio, um, did some comedy at the LOL Comedy Club down there in San Antonio, um, and then moved to Florida. Um, and once I moved to Florida, I kind of hit the ground running, man. I've done a lot of uh open for a lot of big names um and that's just from me not being afraid to um reach out to people for sure that's awesome yeah that's i saw super- you put in the comments you're opening for uh tony roberts this weekend no no no. so that was that was last weekend this weekend right. i got two shows that i'm opening for uh one is coco brown at the tampa oh. improv Nice. And then the second one is D. Ray Davis at the Orlando Improv, and then I fly to Austin. What? That's dope, yeah, dude. My man, out here yeah. getting it, getting it, getting it. It's, it's just, it's just, I, think, I think people are afraid to reach out um, for rejection, like they don't want to get a no, or um, like. And and I reached out to D. Ray Davis like two years ago, um, and he was like. Hey, I asked him, I was like, can I open up for you? And what he said was, send me something. I sent him my uh, first special that I put online. And when I sent him something, he was like, just show up and you're on. And two years later, I hit him up and said, hey, it looks like you're coming back to Tampa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
he was like, oh, I was like, do you, do, you, do you mind if I open up? And he was like, why not? So I was like, absolutely. Yeah, dope. yeah. You never know. Asking, I mean, people ask me sometimes how I book the guests I get on the show, and sometimes it's like you just throw a hail mary on Twitter, and sometimes they catch it. Like you just never know. But they say closed mouths don't get fed, fam. So you know, might as well shoot your shot. I don't know why I'm talking like this now that we got Dubs on here. I saved all my I saved my honky bonics for when Dubs got on here. I didn't do it with Yoshi's beers. I wait for Dubs. I'm like bowdy bowdy. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be white boy Joel if it wasn't white boy Joel. Okay. Hilarious. That's that's facts. I'm gonna keep it a bean. Yeah, I mean that's facts. But um, you you wanted you want to talk about? I know you hit me up about coming on because we were talking about producing shows last week and you wanted to spit some yep. game on that what's what's your experience level of like producing shows and what kind of game you got on it for the kids out there all right so i started off by um okay very first show i did was out here in the country um it was david lucas and gerald kelly um i thought oh. because of the name uh kelly gerald kelly had just done um i want to say it was america's got talent so i was like man white people wouldn't know who he is because we out here with old retired white people um I booked him. Um, I paid a disclosed amount, and when he came out, maybe fifteen people showed up. Mm. Um, and mm. it, it hurt initially because I was trying something new, right? Trying something new. Um, the good thing about that is I got Ali Sadiq's phone number, Boom. so I took it as a win. Um, yep. That gave me an opportunity to build a relationship with him. Um, and, and Gerald was able to open doors for me with other comedians because initially when I first met Gerald, I met Gerald opening for D-Ray Davis. How crazy it comes full circle, right? Um, uh, but after that show, I was like, I need to find someone that when I bring out already has their own following. Like they come with a group because, I mean, I can do the marketing, but I'm not great at the marketing yet. I know yeah. how to pick artists before they pop. So David Lucas had just, um, <clears throat> I think he was just figuring out whether he was going to move to Austin or not. Um, and I jumped in his DM. I was like, hey, do you have a manager or uh, representation? And he was like, I don't. I was like, well, what if I were to uh, like reach out to these comedy clubs and see if we can get you some gigs? And he was like, man, if you can give me some gigs, we can work. I was like, <laughs> all right. I got on the phone. I got off the phone. And I literally hit every comedy club like I am representing David Lucas. <laughs> Here is his credentials. Would you like to host him at the comedy club? And uh, out of maybe fifteen clubs, we got five. Wow. We went to um we went to Upstage Comedy Club, which is a black owned comedy club in San Antonio. They're they're up and coming. Um reach out to them, Joel. They, they'll they'll book y'all. Just letting y'all know that. Hey, love. <laughs> <laughs> um uh where else we go we're the side splitters comedy club here in tampa uh davis sold that bad boy out twice um we went to uh what was the club uh tiny cupboard which is in brooklyn new york he sold that motherfucker out uh mother messer mother messer out um we, uh, <laughs> this isn't a corporate gig you're good <laughs> mother messer um, uh, and then we went to where else did we go we went to um uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, but uh, but David ended up uh, canceling because he's heavy and he gets altitude sickness and it's hard to 
hard to walk when you 400 pounds. <laughs> that, that's my brother. I could, he knows I could do that. I could do that. But yeah, that's kind of. Uh, now, what was the benefit of is that each show that I did, I opened each show. So I paid my own money. I flew out to the show. Um, I opened, and then I got my money back by performing. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah, and a big part also, and a theme that comes up on the show a lot is like networking and building relationships. Like, it's a great way. Like you said, the Gerald Kelly show may have flopped financially, but you were able to build lifelong connections. Someone like Gerald, he sees a young comic who's willing to actually put in the work and have a vision and make it a reality, regardless of out the outcome. OG yeah. Comics really respect a young comic that's willing to not just like talk about it, but to be about it. And you're definitely doing that. So that, yeah, th those kind of gigs, the networking is a huge piece of this comedy game as well that you're definitely tapping into. Well, yeah. what, well, what is cool is that, so with a show with David in New York, Marcus from the, his name is, um, you know, Marcus, and he's from the 5150 show with Corey Holcomb. He's uh -huh. the one that always wears the suits and the hats. Um, mm -hmm. He flew out as a guest for David Lucas in New York, which introduced me to him. And then later on, I want to say maybe a year after that, I brought him to Tampa and we did a show at the Tampa Improv. So it's all about relationships. Once you deal with one person and they know you do good business and you take care of them, then the word gets around. And now, again, I, I reached out to you guys to come out and do a show here because I, I ran into an opportunity um, and I always... I'm about opening up doors and giving information to other comedians because I didn't have that. Yeah. I mean, I think you are, you are practicing the element that we've always talked about, which is first of all, uh, find something that you are good at and then go not only pursue it, but go try to help other people out. Right. And then yeah. seize on opportunities when you see them, like, like what you did with, uh, David Lucas would be like, do you have representation? I'm gonna just call these comedy clubs just to see, um, because you know I know a bunch of comedians now. Um, I think there was a comedian, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam, yeah, yeah. the editor, video guy. Yeah, the editor, video yeah, editor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he super funny dude, um, and he does video, and he did video for Sam Morell. Sam Morell had him open for him, and then he recorded the video, and then opened for him in other places as well. And you'll see that a lot where people are like, yo, I know how to, I know this particular skill, but also like we said, the funny is the bottom. The funny is the baseline. You still got to be funny, but they see you working. They see you providing value. They're like, oh yeah, I'd love to have you. And you're good to hang out with and you're easy to hang out with and you're putting money in my pocket and you're helping me out as well. So like all these things like are good, like matches of just compatibility with people. And yeah, and, any any OG comedian is always going to be like they love seeing hustle um, out of other comics. And Liam's got referred to open for other comedians doing the same thing he's done yeah. with Sam as well. So like Sam has mm -hmm. put him on to a lot of dope comedians um, that he's getting able to open for and film and stuff as well. And Liam's an OG hot brethren as well. So we yeah, always love funny, to see that. Fun example, uh, my buddy, uh, his name is Trent. Um, he's out of Colorado Springs at Three E's Comedy Club. Um, he does very good video production work. So mm -hmm. uh, Nate Jackson came, and when Nate Jackson came, he put together this ensemble of like the the um, what is that thing called? Like the drone coming down and showing the background on the mountain, and then show like the video <laughs> indoors. And 
and Nate asked him to come out to another date. So you have to be an asset if you want to have those opportunities. Like you could, anybody can tell jokes. I'm not saying they can do it well, but anybody can tell jokes. But can you, can you edit? Can you, uh, uh, just, you have to have an extra tentacle, if you will, just so you can be an asset and not a liability. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, we had an editor, Austin, this was pre-pandemic. He was a fan of the podcast and reached out and just like wanting to help out in anything that we were doing here. And he's edited a bunch of stuff for us now, like, like paid work. Like he's like a paid editor just cause he was willing to reach out. So anyone listening to this, if you have a skill set, don't hesitate to reach out to who you would like to do that skill for. Cause I just, speaking of editing, I, I'm about to drop a video about the flagrant team and literally their editor shifty DM'd Schultz and then moved to New York with $25 to be, Come Schultz's full-time editor, you know, and um, Alex Media DM'd Andrew about helping out with like the media stuff. So like, these are all just people that were willing to take a chance. So hopefully, this episode inspires people to just take a take a chance out there. Yeah, go ahead and uh, find somebody you want to mess with, and yeah, you know, slide in those DMs. Where uh, where can the Hot Breath of Earth connect with you? If um, they hear this and feel inspired, maybe want to ask more questions or just thank you for jumping on. Um, just Dove General and everything. Um, yeah, that's that's mainly like I've been working really hard on trying to get that social media presence, and um, I remember getting a hundred views, and now I'm getting averaging like thirty thousand on YouTube and ten thousand on uh, Instagram. This is per month, and then like you know with that tra- uh, chair incident that chair incident, Uh I got like 400,000 views on TikTok. So I was like, this is what I'm talking about. I need, I need more videos, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like that. But, um, it's just a matter of like noticing, um, what is working for other comedians and, and taking notes and saying, okay, maybe not necessarily doing the exact same thing, but more so putting my own twist on it. Like something that I do different that I realized that there was a, um, there was like a, a, a lane, right? There was an empty lane, like how you f- figured out, hey, there's comedians that want to learn about comedy. I'm going to create a podcast for it. So I said, there's nobody doing comedy special reviews. Mm-hmm. There's nobody doing it. Like you'll get, you'll get movie reviews, right? Like Tony Baker does movie reviews and makes them funny, but nobody's doing comedy reviews. And I think people are afraid to give their opinion because they're like, who is this comedian trying to tell somebody what's thumbs up or thumbs, <laughs> thumbs down? Um, but for me, I realized that um, it's just an opinion, right? And it may stir, stir up some, some stuff, but th- you got to be able to take a chance on something and see how it unfolds. And I got a couple of people, like I did Brian Holtzman, and a, representat- a representative of Brian Holtzman hit me up. It was like, he wants to tell you, thank you very much for giving him his flowers because he's a 60-year-old dude out here that's been doing it, closing the comedy store for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, little, little, little old me, little old me, my words made that much of an impact, so I know that it's going to eventually take off. Oh, dude, we did a few comedy special reviews with a uh, hot brother yeah. and Chris Grulon and he he's opened I think he opened for one of the comedians he reviewed or like uh yeah like we did a few and got a lot yeah, of yeah. positive feedback doing them um no no I was saying we we did one with earthquake and he reached out to the hot breath of verse 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah the two that I really enjoyed with you guys are the Ali Sadiq one and then the Earthquake one were really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely there's definitely a lane for that. Maybe we'll steal Dub's idea. What if we just started doing? We saw him post one, and then we steal the idea and do a do a We're going to do one. a review of Dub's doing the review. <laughs> do a review of, of the review. <laughs> you know, you know what's cool. This is like the comedy ESPN, right? Like, I'll I'll be the on the street guy that'll come in every once in a while and be like, and this review. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're your Shakir review. That was pretty good. I've I've seen a couple of your reviews. Those are pretty solid. Thank you. Yeah, Thank and you, you are these on YouTube or these on your Instagram? On everything. On, on everything? Yeah, I'll definitely have to check I'll them out. On everything. I've yeah. seen you reposting some of our videos and even some like screen records of these live streams, which I really appreciate. So so let me let me tell you what I've realized, man. I, I and this is just one comedian to all the other comedians listening. Um, I started doing this. There's comedians that I actually have interacted with, right? And that I watch their stuff. I said, Why are we not sharing our comrades material? The one yeah. that they have already posted, right? If you've already posted it online, then you're okay with it being shared. So what I did was follow these comedians, and I give 10 comedians. Now, within those 10 comedians, each comedian, they hit me up and they said, oh, man, thank you. I appreciate that. And then in tune, they share it on their page, which in tune introduces me to their audience and vice versa. All we're Boom. doing is trying to help each other. Boom. Mm-hmm. Look at you. It's too easy. And if Big every fact. person that's a comedian finds 10 of their friends that they really enjoy to open up and we do it once, like Motivation Monday or uh, yeah. Fire or something, too, you know what I mean? Like something that you can do every month or every week, once a week, and just to to expand um, the, the reach. I just think that'll work because I was like, why isn't anybody doing this? And I was like, forget it. I'll do it. I've only I've done it three times already. 30 people, 30 comedians. Yeah. That's sick. I love that's that. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you, Dubs. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, we appreciate you for sure. We love seeing the the young guns out here with the right spirit. Bra, That's what I like bla, to see. Blaka, blaka, bra. I don't know. Now Yoshi tried to do his honky bonics. He's, he's, <laughs> that was my. That was the flowers. I was like, buh, buh, bra. <laughs> we got we got white boy Yoshi out here. <laughs> what I do want to say is I, I'm really proud of you, man. Congratulations on the big laugh merger, man. I've been really watching Ooh. both of you guys, and that's going to be huge. I don't know if they know, but I know because I follow both, and I've been following both. So why am I talking like Trump? I don't know. But listen, <laughs> what I do understand is that we <laughs> – you, you, you're doing amazing, man. So I want I want to give you the clap up. So hit the clap up button real quick so I can clap up. Let's go. Yeah. Much preached, Dubs. I appreciate, appreciate that. You, Absolutely. Yeah, man. Super yeah and uh, they're saying put your info in the live chat as well. But uh, we'll All link right, it in the I show notes as well. I do that while I'm on here because I only got one phone. But nah, you're good. Thank <laughs> you so much, Dubs. We're definitely going to keep in touch and do more together, my friend. Sure. Man. Absolutely. Man. All right. Deuces. Woo-wee. Look, that was man. sick. Look at that. That was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. These young yeah, kids man. out here hustling. I love to hear it. They're putting in that worky with a workity work. Yeah, this was a good episode. There's a lot of good a lot of good motivation in this episode. A lot of good ideas I hope people are getting to just take a, take a chance. Whether that's, oh, you, you haven't been on stage yet. Let this episode be the one that inspires you to actually take the leap, get on stage for the first time. Or 
you have an idea of how you can help a comedian or you want to get booked somewhere, take the leap, reach out to them. The worst that could happen is they don't respond, you know, like that's literally the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. So and that's let this episode be the one to take a chance. On, that's not as bad as bomb me on stage. So it'll be okay. You yes. Know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what a, what a, what an on time episode to be about this as well as we just partnered up with big laugh comedy taking a big swing ourselves you know and taking a big chance and a big leap of faith here so it's all uh this is an episode right on time so we're definitely uh excited about what the future holds and excited to hear the hot breath of is excited i've gotten so many messages from people and so many comments on the announcement video and on youtube and in the facebook group of how excited people are so this is definitely a, a tipping point in the hot yeah. breath verse, as we call it in a positive yeah. way so the best way to keep up with everything we're doing is to definitely join our email list which if you go to hotbreathpodcast.com slash vip you in the vip yeah i mean yeah and uh that's the best way to keep up with all the dope stuff happening here at the hot breath verse and we love you and appreciate you and we'll continue to do these live streams every tuesday at 5 p.m eastern time Yay. i'm uh i'm gonna be in la next tuesday Ooh, nice but we'll see. see if we'll see if we can still do it <laughs> we'll see tbd yeah. on that it depends on i'm trying to i'm scheduling some interviews so it really depends on the For days sure. the interviews get scheduled absolutely but yeah it'd still be cool absolutely. to do of course but until then go join that email list feel free to reach out to yoshi and i and book us for all your fun events all of them you ready to get out of here let's do it baby thank you hot breath the verse we appreciate y'all we love y'all we'll see you on the next one hot breath this episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.